everyone, and welcome to the Medical University of South Carolina Science Cafe podcast series, Science Never Sleeps. I am your host, Loretta Lynch-Reichert. This month, we welcome a special guest from MUSC's renowned Heart and Vascular Center in partnership with the Friends from the Heart Lecture Series, a program that seeks to educate the public about the latest advances in heart and vascular care at MUSC. Dr. Eric Powers, Professor of Medicine and the Peter C. Gazes MD Endowed Chair in Clinical Cardiology, is a board-certified physician of internal medicine, cardiovascular care, and interventional cardiology. He's a graduate of Harvard Medical School and completed his residency and fellowships at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston. He has received numerous awards for his work as a clinician and scientist and has been named one of America's top doctors. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Powers. Thank you for having me. We have all been discussing the coronavirus for months now, and one glaring highlight of that discussion is how global our relationship is to the rest of the world, especially in terms of the spread of disease. Your work on cardiovascular disease is taking you to far-reaching locations and is the topic of today's Science Cafe, the partnership between MUSC Heart and Vascular Center and Tanzania, a country in East Africa with over 56 million citizens. Tell us how you and MUSC became engaged in this very exciting endeavor. Uh, the program started with a neurosurgeon at MUSC named Delon Elagala, uh, who had an idea to help bring um, medical care to underserved populations, particularly Tanzania. He was a neurosurgeon who developed a neurosurgical program and the goal of the program has always been to train the trainers, that is to build sustainable uh, capacity uh, where, where these programs are taking place. So in 2010, uh, he invited myself and my partner uh, in this work, Peter Zwerner, who's also on the faculty at MUSA, invited us to come to Tanzania to kind of see what was going on in cardiology without a clear mission at that time. Uh, so we made that trip to Tanzania uh, and our what we observed was um, to no surprise that uh, the population in Tanzania was very underserved uh, in many, many ways medically, but in particular in the management of cardiovascular disease. So during that visit, we had a rare opportunity uh, to meet with uh, the president of the country, uh, the Ministry of Health, uh, and the leading cardiologist in the country, who has now become and remains a close friend. And we met with them to talk about cardiovascular disease. And they, meaning the president, the Ministry of Health, uh, the leading cardiologist, decided that they wanted to develop an advanced cardiovascular program, <clears throat> which up until that time did not exist in Tanzania, and in fact existed in no, almost nowhere in sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, and they had good reasons to build this program. They had, um, you, you can imagine they would decide to build other programs as well, but this is what they settled on as a major national uh, priority. And so, and so that's what happened. So they asked us to help uh, develop the program. Uh, we have done this kind of work in the past in the United States. I myself have been a director of cardiac cath labs uh, in the United States. And so 
um, I have experience doing this kind of work. And so we began to, um, to uh, help them develop this adv these advanced cardiac services. I should say we've had lots and lots of partners along the way as well. What I'm curious about, um, for those of us who've never been to Tanzania and not really that familiar with the, with the environment and culture, what, what compelled the president to think that cardiovascular disease was an important um, disease to start working on right away, rather than, um, as you indicated earlier, other, other the neuroscience, um, maybe even infrastructure, maybe even diet. I'm very curious how they came about the idea that cardiovascular disease was an important um, medical issue to deal with. So I can't tell you the complete answer. I can tell you what I've, I've heard the president speak about and what he has told uh, us about the answer to that question, which is a great question. Uh, and th th there were at least two factors which led him to uh, decide that developing advanced cardiovascular care was uh, important. Uh, the first has to do, I think, with prestige of the healthcare system in Tanzania. Uh, with cardiovascular disease becoming important everywhere in the world, including Tanzania, um, he felt that, um, that the, to develop uh, uh, all of healthcare in Tanzania, this would be an important frontier um, to develop. Uh, the second was also was a more practical uh, uh, reason, and that was financial. And that is that in Tanzania, when there's when there was no advanced cardiac care. If a patient in Tanzania needed advanced cardiac care, they would have to go elsewhere for that care. And typically they would go to India was the most common uh, place they would go. And this cost the government quite a lot of money. So they did the calculation that in fact, it would be um, cost savings to build an advanced cardiac program, uh, keep patients in Tanzania and therefore save the, the cost of uh, transfer and them, them getting their care in a different country. You have been working on this program for 10 years. You certainly have um, been dealing with cardiac issues in this country for a long time. Unfortunately, America is known for um, a diet that kind of encourages cardiac uh, illness. When you went to Tanzania 10 years ago and now, what are you seeing? What kind of difference is it making what you're doing, training the trainers and the health of the country? It's an interesting question. Before, uh, in, or t 10 years ago, but before all this developed, there was very little information about what the burden of cardiovascular disease in Tanzania was. Uh, and so as this program developed and uh, really the advanced cardiac services began being performed in 2014, the training had begun before that, but 2014, uh, and now those advanced services are actually quite mature and very sophisticated. So there's been a great success in developing these services. And, and what's been found is there are lots of patients with advanced cardiac disease in mm -hmm. Tanzania. And so, in fact, there is a large population uh, which is served by these advanced, by advanced cardiac care. In addition to that, um, and a worrisome trend, worrisome for uh, the Tanzanians, or our friends in Tanzania, is that uh, Tanzania is becoming more westernized in many ways. <clears throat> and the, the, the regrettable parts of that, um, a, a, an important regrettable part of that is diet, it's uh, obesity, it's more diabetes, 
So it's risk factors for cardiovascular disease. So we see lots of disease there now, and the expectation is that will only continue to uh, get worse and, and grow. Dr. Powers, I understand that your program is to uh, assist uh, the medical community in Tanzania to uh, learn the latest in cardiovascular care and then to be able to uh, train others and, um, and care for their country. Are there other partnerships that uh, you have developed there to not only help train the trainers, but to um, educate the country on good heart health? Remember that this program in, of developing advanced cardiac care um, was the priority of the Tanzanian government and healthcare system. Uh, and they decided that this was the place to start rather than uh, preventive care. Um, you could certainly argue that that is a little backwards, that perhaps preventive care should have been the place to start, but that is not what they decided to do. And, and, and we're there to help. It's not our program. We're there to assist as we can. Of course, they are very concerned about prevention. And yes, those programs are developed. The challenge is that it is a resource-limited country, and so lots of different programs really can't be occurring at the same time. But of course, they are extraordinarily interested in that. And, and, and the newest part of our program now um, with other partners here now at MUSC is to find ways to bring cardiac care to uh, the whole population of Tanzania, not just those that needing advanced cardiac care, but how do we pro how do we help them provide cardiac care to the whole population and not just advanced cardiac care, but even simple cardiac care, treatment of blood pressure, for example, uh, treatment of cholesterol, for example. So yes, all, all those are, are now becoming priorities. What are the barriers to trying to accomplish such a huge and ambitious goal? Uh, the barriers are some that you've already uh, implied in your questions, and they include things like infrastructure, so that, for example, the system of roads in Tanzania is, uh, is very um, in, in, incomplete. Um, uh, things like uh, uh, clean water and protection from infectious diseases remain challenges. And then there are limited resources in money as well. The entire Tanzanian medical budget is a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of the healthcare budget of a country like the United States. While working on this program, have you uh, found any new innovative uh, tools or ideas that have come out of this program that you can share with your American colleagues? Well, we are, and it, yeah, uh, sort of. Um, we, we've, there's a technology which has been around for a long time, which is handheld echocardiography. So this is a device which is uh, the size of a cell phone and which can take beautiful pictures of the heart and indicate all kinds of different cardiac diseases. So this is a device which um, can be carried. Uh, it can, people can easily be trained to use it. It's inexpensive. Uh, and, and so the, the idea that we are now pursuing is using this device um, outside, in the rural areas to screen for and help manage cardiovascular disease. We have just completed a research project 
which is being uh, which was uh, um, primarily performed by uh, what, an echocardiographer at MUSC named Rich Baer and an echocardiographer in uh, Tanzania, which has demonstrated the feasibility of training healthcare workers to use this technology to, in fact, identify significant cardiac disease. So, so it, it's a it's a device which has been around for a while. The innovation is to train non-MD healthcare workers to use it and help provide care to large populations. You, you've spoken about the barriers uh, that you had to overcome. Now tell us about the great accomplishments that have occurred uh, since you started working so on the, this project. So the, uh, the government of Tanzania and the medical community decided they wanted to develop these advanced cardiac services. So prior to 2014, there had never been a single cardiac catheter procedure or angiogram or treatment of a coronary artery with a stent in the country prior to 2014. So um, since that time with training, um, they have now developed an outstanding first-class program in cardiac catheterization, angiography, and treating coronary arteries. So now they are working uh, day and night treating patients uh, with high, high quality, very high success, and in fact, uh, they have just recently been recognized as the uh, um, predominant uh, center in sub-Saharan East Africa for these advanced cardiac services. So in a consortium in sub-Saharan East Africa, looking at all different areas in healthcare, uh, this particular program has been identified as the leader for advanced cardiac care. You are listening to MUSC's Science Cafe with Dr. Eric Powers, a cardiologist and researcher in partnership with our Heart and Vascular Center, Friends from the Heart Program. Dr. Powers, it, uh, it comes to mind to me that when we are healthier, we are more productive, quality of life improves, uh, the economy improves. Have you seen, it's, it, to me it's very exciting that Tanzania is at the heart, if you will, of this program that others can learn from, others can build from. Um, what have you seen in terms of both quality of life and economic development in Tanzania because of this program? I think it's too early to answer that question. Although this program has been a tremendous success, it treats um, about um, or has resulted in the treatment of perhaps one to 2,000 uh, patients a year, uh, which is a great accomplishment going from zero. But in a country of the, of, of the population of Tanzania, it obviously is just a drop in the bucket. And so um, the, the, the long-term benefit, I think, is a little hard to predict. The, the country is doing well economically or had been doing well economically until the most recent um, crises, um, uh, particularly around COVID, uh, you know, so that so there's great optimism. You know, the overall the the final overall benefit of the program, I think, is yet to be determined. One of the other issues that comes to mind to me is you train um, specialists there, and what what keeps them in the country rather than taking their talent to um, other countries. 
That's a that's a wonderful question, and that has been a problem with uh, developing healthcare and other areas as well, all around the world. Uh, and the the answer is that the people who are uh, in Tanzania, the Tanzanians who are now there, are extraordinarily committed to healthcare in their country. So I'm delighted to report that as we've been helping train the trainers over the last uh, 10 years, there really has been no significant um, loss of the people we have trained. And in fact, in fact, quite the contrary, the train the trainers has worked. So now there is a new generation of trainees being trained by the first people who we did train uh, who are committed to developing these programs as well as preventive care and other cardiovascular care. So it was a concern starting that this might happen. I am very pleased to report that there is no sign. That's of that quite an accomplishment. Time. But what about bringing our own students to Tanzania to see what you've accomplished and what the citizens of Tanzania have accomplished? Um, because we're a global society, certainly they can learn a thing or two. So we decided several years ago that our mission at MUSC is clinical care, uh, research, and education. So several years ago, we developed a medical student rotation. So every year we take two or three medical students with us. We also have a rotation for a cardiac fellow, a cardiac fellow being uh, someone who is doing subspecialty training in cardiology just prior to uh, finishing all their training. So yes, so education is uh, is an important part of the program at the present time. And what do the students say to you when they come back from their um, their trip to Tanzania? Well, the 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 experience that everybody has uh, who goes who does this kind of work is that it's a life changing experience, and it's uh, it's something that you, you can't anticipate before you go, um, but you are definitely changed by it. And so they come back. So our our idea in being students was is 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 complicated, but in part it is that the student that we we choose students to go who are extraordinary people. They've all they are all unbelievable people who will be leaders in American medicine. You know, I, it, it 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 may not be in global health. It almost certainly won't be in cardiology but they will be leaders in American medicine. And so what they bring back is an appreciation for an insight concerning treatment of the underserved. Uh, and that is something which is of course critical in the United States as every place else in the world. We certainly have large, large underserved populations. And so the students who come back will be leaders, will have met treatment of the underserved as a priority, and I think will, um, result in important improvements in care in the United States as well. At least that's the, that's, that, that's the model we have. Uh, and so far it seems to be working. You know, necessity is the mother of invention. And I can imagine these really smart, talented, um, compassionate and really dedicated students come back and start thinking of how they can make a difference as you noted uh, in uh, our own rural areas and I would expect out of all of this uh, for them to come up with really great innovative ways to uh, change medical care across the country. 
What is your hope for this program, not just in Tanzania? Um, do you see it expanding elsewhere or um, what would you like to see in the next 10 years? Um, I, the, the next steps, I think, are some of the ones that you have identified. The developing advanced cardiac care really is, is well on, on the way in Tanzania. So now it's going to be about um, delivering cardiovascular care to the large, larger populations in Tanzania and beyond. Can this be a model for care in other areas as well? And the answer is, we hope so. I mean, there is nothing really special about what we are doing that could only apply to cardiovascular care. Uh, we think a lot of what we're doing could be applied to care in, um, in, in, in lots, of, lots of other areas, uh, which, which are important in Tanzania, but important all over the world. This is a laudable program, and it's one that needs support. And I think that one of the things we'd like to say today that uh, we'd like our listeners to hear is how can they engage in this program? But before you answer that question, tell me why we should care. We in this comfortable, rich country who have fabulous physicians such as yourself taking care of us, why, why should I care about the, the citizen of Tanzania? Well, I think there, there are two reasons. Uh, one is, uh, because we care about everyone, uh, and um, it's the right thing to do. But beyond that, um, if we are successful in this program as we have, and particularly um, as we train our young, um, you, know, you know, rising healthcare uh, workers, particularly the medical students I'm talking about, but it can be others as well. Um, it's what we talked about before. Um, they will come back um, educated in something which is critical in advancing health care in the United States. That is caring for the underserved. Uh, and um, that is a, a, a critical frontier for all of us. Uh, and, and, and we think that programs like this support uh, these programs. I couldn't right here agree with you more, especially in this day and age. I think it is a powerful statement. And I think what it also says to our listeners, um, MUSC physicians and healthcare workers in general, when we have these podcasts, we bring not only the elite in their skill set, but the compassionate. So you bring a whole set to the table when you're looking at an issue. It's not just your skill set, it's not just your ed education and expertise. It is the dedication and compassion of our faculty. And I think that's a highlight. I really would like to bring out to our audience, our physicians, our healthcare workers, our faculty, our researchers, you bring more to the table and you do more because of your caring. And I, I, I wanna thank you for that, Dr. Powers. That is really extraordinary that you use your time so deliberately. What can our listeners do to support and engage in this program if they wish. Uh, before I answer, just let me thank you for those kind words, but I promise you it is a privilege to be able to do it. So um, thanks, thanks are not necessary. Um, so the answer is that um, the, 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 this does cost money to do, to, to do these programs. It's around travel, it's around training and various things. We have been very fortunate 
um, through philanthropy um, and um, through the um, MUSC uh, Foundation uh, to have gotten financial support from some very generous uh, donors. Uh, in addition, we do have grant support as well. So, um, so uh, the um, any financial support that we can get is always helpful. Uh, and so, if any of our listeners are interested in providing that support, uh, we would be uh, extraordinarily grateful. And when we uh, share this podcast with our listeners, we hope to send out a brochure that offers them information on what you are doing, what you've accomplished, and who to contact to support this very worthy endeavor. It has been a pleasure speaking with you today, Dr. Powers. Thank you so much for all you do to expand the health and well-being, not only of our state and region, but for all those you serve across the world. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on this journey today. Join us next month for our upcoming Science Cafe with Dr. Mike Yost, Professor of Surgery on 3D Printing and COVID-19. The future is now. Dr. Powers, our very best to you. We hope to have you back on the program again to tell us what you've accomplished in the years ahead. Thank you so much for this. You're very welcome. Until then, everyone, please stay safe and healthy.